Hey, welcome to Being Creative. My name is Rick Leaf, and as you know, I'm the host of this show, where we explore the value of creativity through stories of successes and failures of people like us or not like us at all. So in the last few months, I've worked with thousands of students and young creatives across Canada, and the subject of confidence was a reoccurring theme. So for this episode, I googled the question, how do I gain confidence? And I took the top response and started to skim read it and stopped because I think it would be way more fun to go through this with you, my dear listeners. So for this podcast, we start with a curiosity that begs a question. We get an answer and now I just want to fight about it. So it's going to be a deep dive, it's going to get messy, I hope no permanent or lasting harm is going to come to any of us, but most importantly, I hope we have fun along the way. So as the actor, rapper, now slap happy social pariah Will Smith famously said in his third single off his 1997 debut album Big Willie Style, let's get jiggy with it! I'm glad you're here. So... I just finished months of touring and traveling and producing creative mentorship projects in schools and communities across Canada. And a reoccurring mantra in um, the environments that I, I produce and create is the relationship of our comfort zone to where the magic happens. So uh, we all have a comfort zone. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, nothing it's even surprising about that. That's, it's fine. But where the magic happens when it comes to creativity and being creative, for whatever reason, it always seems to happen outside of the comfort zone. And so when I'm coming into a school, and let's just say I'm teaching slam poetry, and I'm going to ask a a group or a class of 20 or 30 students to take a creative risk, to try to, you know, put their thoughts and their ideas and feelings and emotions down into a, you know, into a way to use words to paint a picture uh, and then get up and deliver that, those words by performing them in front of the class. I'm asking a lot. I'm asking them to, to really step out of their comfort zone. And I say, you know, I, uh, we all have a comfort zone. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not asking you to step out of your comfort zone so that you'll be uncomfortable. I want you to experience that moment where the magic happens. That's what I want for everybody. And as part of that conversation, we, we always have to talk about the need for a safe and supportive space to take that creative risk. Uh, and yes, uh, we do gain confidence when we step out of our comfort zone and take a creative risk and experience a win. But convince somebody to step outside of their comfort zone and take a creative risk and have them lose, have them be mocked or bullied or for people to laugh at them or, or whatever, then no. You don't gain confidence just because you step outside of your comfort zone. There's the combination of, you know, you need to take this creative risk, but you also need that safe place to get it wrong. I, I love the one meme that says, you know, be brave enough to suck at something new. I really like that. It speaks to me on a, on a pretty deep level. So 
today, just out of curiosity, I was like, I wonder what you know the internet says. So I Google how do I gain confidence. I wanted to see you know what would come back to that question, and and the number one uh, result was from a Forbes. 2017 article and I started to read it started to skim it and then I was like what the heck am I reading and I thought it'd be much I just stopped reading it wanted I kind of dialed this all up grabbed a microphone and we're gonna dive into this because I uh, I immediately just started getting pissed off and mad at some of the things that they say and uh, so let's have a conversation Follow along with me, Will. So what does it say here? Many successful people credit their... This is the article, a Forbes article from 2017. So many successful people credit their sense of self and confidence to their success. Yeah, I agree. But not many people really explain how to build confidence or how to become confident. It's tricky because confidence is built on different things, of course. Um, Here are 10 ways you can begin building your confidence. So... Number one, get things done. (laughs) Would not be my number one right off the bat. Uh, Confidence is built on accomplishment. Well, it's built uh, on success. Uh, Having a success, taking a risk and having success, yes. Let's say that we're talking about the same thing with different words. If you achieve small and big goals, you're going to feel much better about yourself It begins with your day-to-day goals and what you want to accomplish. Um, If you accomplish the goals you set for every day, chances are you will begin meeting weekly and monthly goals. Absolutely no correlation, actually, to that at all from personal experience. That's me just uh, bringing my, my two cents to this. Everyday goals? Are you talking about, like, I need to have, you know a coffee and toast or when I, you know, get up so I have something to like fuel me and then that's going to lead to like meeting uh, weekly and monthly goals, which brings you in range of your biannual and annual goals. That's crap. 100% crap. Um, you're, you're not, you're going to feel like you can take a big project and set an ambitious goal because you believe you can meet it. Set a goal for yourself and go for it. This is not the number one thing to do to build, to gain confidence. This, the whole relationship of setting goals, setting a goal for yourself and go for it, that is a product, a byproduct, a result of being confident. You, if, you, if you don't have confidence, if you don't, how do you gain it because you don't have any? To tell somebody, hey, in that state of having no confidence, feeling insecure, feeling unsure about yourself, doubting yourself, your brain telling you all your sensors in your head saying, oh, you're an old dog, you know, you can't learn any new tricks, you're too old, you're too young, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too poor, you're too whatever, whatever things are going on in our head that are robbing us of confidence, you tell somebody in that situation, yeah, man, just set a goal for yourself and go for it, like, because you're going to totally get confidence, boo, number one, that's stupid, it's wrong, it's dumb, let's go on to number two, monitor your progress, well, this could be interesting, Uh, the best way to reach your goals, big or small, is to break them into smaller goals and to monitor your progress. Hmm. 
What do you think? What do you think, dear listener? I believe that uh, a lot of us, you know, we don't get where we want to go because we've never actually figured out where we want to go, what are our goals uh, for our career or personally or whatever. I believe that. I believe closely related to that is a lot of people don't experience, you know, their goals or their dreams because they haven't done what this is talking about, which is breaking down your the steps necessary to take you from where you are right now to, let's say, where you want to go. Um, but I don't know that that is monitoring your progress is actually the path to confidence um it's more like it's 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 like the a good step towards organization <laughs> and prioritizing um your activity in a day let's go back to this article whether you're trying to get promoted get a better job get into graduate school change careers eat healthier lose 10 pounds the best way to know if you're making progress is to monitor it yeah but that okay but we're not talking about confidence Try to quantify your accomplishments. The number of applications you're submitting to... Oh, what? What you're eating and how much you're exercising, write down your goal. It will help you stay on course and you will build confidence as you see the progress you're making in real time. Again, if you're going to say, step outside of that comfort zone and, and take some risks... Um, and you, and you experience a win, if that's what this is describing, okay, I understand and I would agree that the, the correlation between taking a creative risk, having a win, and how that makes you feel, you kind of build a momentum, a creative momentum, it does help you gain confidence, and, and if you have that momentum, uh, the next challenge you have to tackle, yeah, I believe that's true, but like, uh, again, man, it, it's going to help you stay on course and you'll build confidence as you see the progress you're making in real time. Oh, that's iffy, man. That's iffy. I'm, I'm not going to give you a flat out boo on that one, but uh, I'm also reserving the right to get even more upset about the things that you're probably going to keep saying. Um, let's go to number three. Do the right thing. Most confident people live by a value system and make their decisions based on that value system, even when it's hard and not necessarily in their best interest, but in the interest of the greater good. Your actions and decisions define your character. Whoa, the Protestant work ethic is woven deeply into this paragraph, isn't it? Oh, man, I, do you guys ever remember uh, Thomas the Tank Engine? I hated that show, man. My kids loved it, but you know what? That I think the guy who wrote it, whatever his name was, I think he was a, a monk or a brother or a priest or something, and that guy, man, the whole thing was the trains just wanted to be useful to Sir Topham Hatt. I just want to be useful. I just want to be used. Sir Topham Hatt, use me in the island of Sodor. Yeah, or whatever it was. It's just like, yeah, use me, use me. I want to be productive. I want to be, you know, the greater good. This whole, uh, your actions and your decisions define your character. Well, uh, do I digress? I'm not sure. Uh, let's go back to the article. Ask yourself what the best version of yourself that you aspire to uh, would do. Wait, let me read this again. Ask yourself what the best version of yourself that you aspire to be would do and do it. Again, man, 
even when it's really hard and the last thing you want to do, okay, wait, I'm going to just finish this. Even when it's really hard and the last thing you want to do, and it means a short-term sacrifice, in the long run, you're going to really like yourself more and be prouder of who you are. You know, again, a, a confident person can do these things. A confident person can say, look, this version, the best version of myself that I aspire and long to be is this bright and shining light here. I hold it up in front of myself and I already have the confidence and the skill set and the supportive space and environment and network and everything around me to actually do and be that. That is the byproduct of having it. You don't get that. Again, I'm thinking if you don't have confidence, you're insecure and feeling like, I don't want to step out and take a risk and do something I've never done before. And the last thing you are feeling up for is taking the very most vaulted version of yourself, stars in your eyes and saying, I'm going to be the Messiah. Oh my God. <laughs> Boo, I hate that one too. I don't agree. Exercise number four? Are we talking about how do I gain confidence? Number four is exercise. Besides befitting your health in general, exercising helps memory retention, which has nothing to do with confidence, improves focus, may peripherally have something to do with confidence, helps manage stress and prevents depression. Clinically, is that true? Has anybody ever, is there anything to back this up? This just feels like somebody's just chucking words in the salad bowl and tossing it with some croutons, which are really just crusty, dried up pieces of bread that somebody's like passing off as delicious. Okay, but I do like croutons, but I'm just saying, you know, honestly, it's harder to be, I'm going back to this, you know, word salad of filth. It's harder to be anxious when there's no excess energy to drop on. Yeah, you know what? It's all, oh man, what? And outside of being difficult, uncomfortable at times, exercise improves, improves every aspect of your life. Not true. Not true. No, it does not improve your knees. It does not improve how the arches feel. You get sweaty. You get like headaches. The, oh God, you can't breathe. People that run, oh, honestly, guys, I'm driving in my car and, I'll, and it doesn't matter what time of the day or night and I'll look out the car and there's somebody, there they are, running down the sidewalk, you know? Think maybe they got active wear on or maybe they don't even care, but they're just, there's a look in their eyes. There's a, there's a kind of a steely eyed look. There's this, this look and I... Their, their face and, the, and their body, everything about their body language, everything. And I always look out and I go, wow, their life must suck so bad to choose to be doing that in their time off. Like, I don't know what they do for a job or a living or I don't know what's going on at home, but this is somebody's spare time. And they're just out there sweating and, and huffing and puffing and gasping and just everything hurts, man. Everything. So... Anyways, I'm, you know, I'm, I might be reading some of myself into this, you know, but uh, exercise, this is, that's just stupid about, about saying number four, that the fourth most important thing to gain confidence 
is to like run around and sweat. I don't know, man. You make your own opinions. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. Number five, be fearless. Failing isn't your enemy. True. Maybe, maybe this, maybe I'm going to get on board with number five. Failing isn't your enemy. It's fearing failure that truly cripples you. Yes. If you set big goals and have big dreams, you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're inevitably going to feel like you can't do it. Well, you've not inevitably, that's how you're starting. You're at the, the starting line without the confidence to like get into the crouch and put your feet into the little, little, what are those things called? They're not pegs. They're not like little stages. Can I call them little stages though? Little stages for your little feet to put your little shoes on the little stages, you know, as if you're going to be like an artist and the lights are going to come on when they, anyways, I super am digressing here, but um, I'm going to go back to this. In those moments, you have to look inside yourself and gather, gather every ounce of courage you have and just keep going. Come on. This is the stupidest thing. We're talking about someone who doesn't have confidence that needs it. And you're like, oh, look inside of yourself and gather. It's right there. Just waiting. It's just kicking around like a bunch of crumbs on the floor. If you just did a little bit of confidence housekeeping, housekeeping, you could like sweep it all together and you'd have a little like dry crouton you could crunch on. Oh, it's idiotic. Every single wildly successful person has been afraid. That's true. And they've kept working and taking risks anyway because what they are trying to accomplish is more important and urgent than the fear that they will fail. Think about how much you want to achieve your goal and then put your fear to the side and keep going one day at a time. You know what? This is why I don't read self-help books. Put your fear to the side. If it was that easy, we would have done that a long time ago. We don't have confidence to put our fear aside. Our fear is a giant mountain and our, and our confidence is this, this tiny little mouse. Like our, this, this tiny, tiny little speck. We can barely even rub it together between our finger and our thumb. And you're just like, oh yeah, just pull your bootstraps up, loser. You know, get some confidence, why don't you? Just look deep inside of you. Oh, that's just... This, this is the worst article. If I was suffering with not knowing how to gain confidence and I went to this Forbes article in 2017, oh, who would I even be? I wouldn't be this guy doing this right now. <laughs> Look at me now. Look at me go. Okay, number six, stand up for yourself. I already can tell. I'm going to hate this one. When your goal is in its early stages and someone says your goal is stupid or that you cannot do it, it's tempting to believe them because they're joining the chorus of doubt inside your head. Yeah, that's called censors. Logically, you think, how can I be right when this person and all these doubts in my head are telling me that I can't do this? This idea is stupid. And you have to tell those people, especially the voices in their head, that they're wrong. You have it in you, so tell them uh, you believe in your goal and you believe in yourself, so you're going to accomplish it. Oh, man, I just honestly, what just literal, literary filth. This is, this is vapid literary filth. This is, did you ever grow up going to church? Somebody ever drag you to church and you had to sit there while a 
preacher or a priest or somebody kind of berated you and, and the people like you. Maybe that's why I even start this podcast the way I do. You know, let's learn from people who are like us or not like us at all. Let's celebrate diversity and inclusion. Let's not be like the religious uh, environments that I was dragged to where this type of um, sermonizing would go on. And they would say, oh, are you like feeling down? Well, feel up. Hey, are you insecure? Well, get, get the program and sweep those confidence crumbs together, loser. Oh, this, stand up for yourself. You know what you need? You need someone to stand up for you. Someone who is from outside of that perspective. You know, when, when, we were, when they were talking in this paragraph earlier about like, you share this idea, you share your dream with somebody, and then <clears throat> they uh, experience, express doubts or, or, or whatever. I, I have learned this, and it's totally not the same thing, but it made me think of it as I was reading it. Um, you know, okay, so as a creative person, I'm often working with what I would call infant ideas. You get this genius, this this initial moment of inspiration. Uh, it might be about a song. It might be about a book or, or a, a problem you're trying to solve. Um, we were making a screen two days ago, we, like for a house. Uh, the, we needed a screen uh, to keep this cat from leaping off the third floor. <laughs> and we drove down to the restore to see if we could get a screen, a used screen. And there wasn't any. They were closed, and they said they didn't have any. We went to Value Village, and they didn't have any either. So it's like, well, maybe we could make one. So you're trying to fly, and we're like, well, what do we got in the basement? And if you know anything about screens and sliding windows and all stuff, you got that little track, right? That thin little track and you're like okay so whatever we fit in here if it's a board or, or whatever it's gonna have to fit in that track and that's got to be like maybe a quarter of an inch thick at most and so I find floorboards hardwood floor strips for this house uh, that we're living in down in the basement there's some extra strips and I'm like oh that's the right length but if we cut them and then how do we put them together and then we, can we wrap screen around it and we ended up making it so when you have this idea, well, could this work? Could that possibly work? Could I take strips of hardwood flooring and could I cut those and could I wrap screen around it? What do we, and it did, it worked. But when you are, are trying to take those initial ideas and just let's call them infant ideas. If you take your infant idea and you turn around and you share it with somebody that's not in the solution, that's not part of the solution, that's not part of the relationship of you to that solution, then they have nothing to lose or gain. And they're not actually even committed to you and your success or failure or journey or whatever. I've learned that the worst thing that happens is when we share our infant ideas in that moment with those people because uh, we rarely qualify it by saying, hey, this is just a toddler or this is just like, <laughs> this, this is my, you know, you know, they talk about babies like, oh, my baby's like 16 weeks or whatever. It's like, yeah, this is my 16 second, um, you, you know, old uh, idea. What do you think? People are used to evaluating and judging adult ideas. 
You know, if you're in a boardroom, if you're in a in a company, usually somebody's like, "What's the solution to this? this is our problem?" What, Bob? What do you guys got? And this guy, Bob, from this department, stands up and says, "Here's our idea." Now they've thought about it. They've brainstormed on it. They've maybe mocked up some, you know, versions of it. By the time they're presenting it out loud in a room full of people. It's an adult idea. And so one of the worst things that we can do, and we're probably just looking for validation, we're looking for encouragement because we're insecure. If you share your idea with the wrong person at the wrong time, and I mean too early in a way with somebody who doesn't work with those original kind of infant ideas, they're not going to get it. They're going to try to evaluate it as a grown-up idea. And they're like, well, it doesn't work for this reason and that reason. Reasons you probably already know, but you're in the process of figuring it out. So stand up for yourself was number six. I think that's crap because again, you don't have the confidence to stand up for yourself. What you need is a safe and supportive place and a space to try and to get it wrong. And that can happen just sometimes that has to happen privately. There's just nobody around. But man, if you find one person in your life who can create that safe, supportive space for you to try something you've never done, to get it wrong, to be, you know, be brave enough to suck at something new. If you have somebody in your life that can do that, that's fantastic. Let's be honest, if you are in a situation where you don't have anybody, as awful as it feels to be alone and to be lonely, that is infinitely better than to be surrounded by people that will suck the joy and the life and the belief and whatever shred of confidence you might actually secretly hold in yourself. So if you can't, you don't have anybody to champion you, uh, finding a safe private place to take that risk on your own that certainly been my case personally um at different aspects of my life but um yeah don't share your i think that's where the idea you know that saying about throwing pearls before swine i think that's that idea that's the idea Let's go into number seven here, follow through. Uh, you know, I'm just already bitter about all of these. I'm in the second half, follow through. I'm going to try to be positive, but you know, honestly. People respect people when they say they're going to do something and they do it. Well, yeah, okay. More importantly, you will respect yourself if you say you're going to do something and you do it. And belief in yourself will come easier mm, because you know you're not afraid of the work. Mm. Action gives your words meaning and it will help you pave a path to accomplishing your goals, strengthening your relationships and feeling proud of who you are. Does anybody else feel like sometimes I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm kind of on board. Like I can maybe track with this. And then it just veers off into like these rabbit trails and gopher holes of things that are going, okay, your words have meaning and they're going to pave a path and you're going to be accomplishing goals, and then all of a sudden strengthening your relationships. I don't know. That seems unrelated to the first things. And then feeling proud of who you are. Like, I know, are we trying to say this is a holistic journey uh, to confidence? But anyways, follow through. Man, people respect people when they say they're going to do something and they do it. Yeah, and you know what? I respect people 
who say they're going to do something and they try and it fails and they don't give up or maybe they chuck their wrench around the the shop and they storm off or they like go for a long walk or maybe they burst into tears i respect all of those people even if they don't do what they said they were going to do because at least they tried i respect people who try this this end result about you're going to respect yourself if you follow through and you're not afraid of the work. Again, you know, this whole Sir Topham hat and Thomas the Tank Engine and all this Protestant work ethic BS, it's starting to get me down, man. I'm going to kind of press on to like hate. Oh, think long term. Okay, again, listeners, we're talking about something. How do I gain confidence? So the person who's, who's Googled this question and has gotten to this article, they don't have confidence. That's... And they're desperate enough, they're going to friggin' Google. The foundation of unhappiness is decisions made for short-term comfort that impede long-term goals. Really? The foundation of unhappiness? Let's just take a deep breath and like mentally throw a wrench across the mental shop and just keep going. If you're trying to save money, you can't go to eat as much. Oh, back to the avocado toast. If you're trying to study for the GMAT or LSATs, am I supposed to say like GMAT or LSATs? I don't know. Just trying, What do the kids say these days? You, you can't go out with friends as often. The, the, uh, if you're trying to lose weight, you can't eat french fries as often. Big goals require big sacrifices. You have to dig deep and really discipline yourself because you got so much confidence, you can just dig deep and discipline yourself. You can do it. Pull up those confidence bootstraps, little buddy. Okay, that was just me. That They didn't actually write that. I'm going to go back to the article here. In the moment, it is tedious and frustrating and makes life significantly harder, but it'll pay off. No guarantees of that. Uh, and the pride you feel will be worth it. Hmm. You have to decide if your short-term comfort is more important than your long-term goals, but know that long-term goals will bring you far more happiness in the long run than your short-term comfort. Oh, man. We're talking about, I think, five different things in this statement. But honestly, think long-term. Again, the question, how do I gain confidence? Number eight, think long-term. I understand saying, what is it that I really want to do? You know, one of those first things where it's like, we don't get where we want to go because we don't actually, you know, identify, well, this is what I want to do or this is where I want to go. This is ultimately what I'm working for. So if we don't know where we're trying to get, of course, we don't get there. Um, I believe that. So the idea that long-term goals are important, sure. But we're talking about happiness and short-term comfort and and somehow we, I'm just looking at that, you know, the idea of the scales and we're somehow saying on one end, we have long-term goals that are going to you know, over here and then short-term comfort. And I don't think those things are even necessarily on either end of a scale anyway. Um, like that one that your short-term comfort, I mean, if you want to literally talk like you're trying to lose weight now, that's a completely different, you know, that is a, a physical goal. Um, 
versus uh, confidence. And I think confidence has so much more to do with our mental fortitude and our spiritual capacity or, or our heart capacity or however you want to describe that to uh, endure and overcome disappointment and discouragement. I think confidence has everything to do with your taking this creative risk. You're stepping outside of that comfort zone, however and whenever you're managing to do that. And the process of going through that is uh, getting you in touch with, you know, you have to be able to win at some level. And I don't think this whole, uh, what's the word? There's a word I'm looking for that's, you know, connecting long-term happiness with short-term comfort, like it's one or the other. Um, I don't actually personally see that at all. Um, but who gives a crap? I don't even, you know, this is just Forbes, just stupid Forbes. Who cares? We have two more to go. So hang on to your shorts or your shirt or your shoes or whatever you've had to wear to get into the place of business where you are now sitting, listening to this. Number nine. Don't care what others think. Right off the bat, wouldn't you agree? That is a product of being confident, not wondering how in the world you get some. Don't care what others think. There are going to be so many people who tell you, you cannot accomplish your goals. Really? Are there? Are there so many people who tell you and me, that you can't, we can't accomplish our goals. Who, who are these people? I guess if you go on Twitter or you go online, maybe, but, uh, are there really just lineups of people? Are there just like a baker dozen worth of like doom stairs and, and, uh, and hope slayers and, and half empty glass drinking fools who are telling us, just lining up to getting on the phone. Hey, just just calling to tell you you're never going to accomplish your goals. You're not going to amount to anything, you loser. Oh, I digress. Whether it is rejection from employers, schools, or just negative feedback from friends or family, people will try to tell you your goal is too big or that you're not ready or that you can't do it or that it's never been done before, etc. and you absolutely cannot listen to them. You must be resolute. While they tell you the odds are against you, etc., just remember most people are wrong about most things. Yeah, exactly. Forbes, look in the mirror, Forbes. Look in the mirror, Forbes. <laughs> Stupid Forbes. People change the world every day despite everyone around them telling them it can't be done. Again, I don't know who this person has in their life. I feel like these are a bunch of straw men and women and other gendered straw individuals. If you think you can do it, you can do it. That's not even true. I really don't listen to them or yourself. Oh, wait, if you think you can do it, you can do it. Don't listen to them. Believe in yourself and keep going. Again, that would be a byproduct of a person who has confidence, not somebody who's Googling it, wondering how they could do it. Believe in yourself. Why don't you just go live on the island of Sodor, ride around on Thomas the Tank Engine or Percy or Gordon or whatever those other guys are and say 
whatever you want to Sir Top Matt. That guy wants everybody to be useful. Oh, great. Thank God we're at number 10. I don't think I can handle much more of this. Do more of what makes you happy. How do I gain confidence? Do more of what makes you happy. Okay, let's think about this. What do you love to do in your spare time? Is it to get outside, hike, kayak, enjoy the outdoors? Or do you live for lying on your couch and watching all the excellent television that's available? Whatever it is you love, create space for it because life is short. You need time to enrich your life and to recharge to be your best self. Okay, here's what I've learned. Somebody at Forbes was required to turn in an article by the end of the week. And they sat there at the desk and they were like, what did I learn as a child watching um, television? Oh, I remember there was Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah, that was it. Oh, and then uh, when I had to turn Thomas the Tank Engine off, I was dragged to a really religious church service where an abusive priest or a pastor browbeat me and pounded on the pulpit while he told me what was wrong with me and that I should just pull up my confidence bootstraps, believe in myself, tell the world that they're wrong so that I could, you know enrich myself and everyone around me by becoming the best version of myself and, and sacrificing my short-term comfort for long-term goals and probably throw my 10% of my wage into the offering plate and that's going to make me happy. Wow, that was really a rant, wasn't it? None of that had anything to do with anything. But this, see, I'm not writing for Forbes. I'm allowed to sit here and, and conflagrate, is that even a word, conflagrate? I've wanted to say that for like a half an hour, um, and I'm not sure that it's a word, and if it is, I'm not sure I'm using it correctly. But see, I have the confidence to use made-up fake words in incorrect ways that I might not even be able to spell, or almost certainly not be able to spell. I can't even spell sovereign, you know, most of the days, and... and well, like, let's just not get into all of my faults and failures, okay? Because they are many, and they are ever before me, like, uh, <clears throat> you know, all of this wisdom. Okay, so anyways, do, what have we learned today? We've learned don't Google how do I gain confidence and read the first result as if it has anything to do with anything. You, what I find almost most like appalling, how is this the number one article that comes up? How is this the wisdom of the ages coming through the vaulted, you know, ceiling of, you know, Google to bestow this wisdom upon us from up on high? How is this the number one article? I don't know. I guess Forbes, um, you know, I guess they what? They must be driving good SEO on other things. And, and maybe it just like tails through. I don't know. It's so weird. Because you know what, you guys? Creativity and confidence. I mean, the whole reason I love this subject is being creative. Um, it's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. It, it, it's not necessarily about, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with playing instruments or singing or painting or, or writing or any of those things. It's 
a mindset. And yeah, you do need to have confidence to allow your creativity to find an expression in your life for the problems and the struggles that you're facing and trying to overcome. And boy, you know, like I say, there's been times in my life where I've had a great community of like-minded people around me. And you know, this is probably um, just as my aside as I'm kind of wrapping it up here. One of the things I thought was really profound when it came to creativity and a safe space to share ideas and to take that risk, let's say you didn't have the confidence. It was um, something I heard about Disney, the corporation, and that there was uh, these department heads. That, and I don't know how often these meetings happened, but there, was this, there were these meetings where you had to come with an idea. You, everybody that was at this meeting had to come with an idea. Let's say it was even for movies. And I have this idea, you know, there's dinosaurs living in this uh, tropical island in outer space, whatever. You have to share your idea sitting around this table. So you knew you were going to have to bring an idea. So whether you were confident about it or not, you had to bring it. But so did everybody else. That's really key. Everybody else was going to have to do the same thing. And then as they would go around the room, everybody had to contribute something to that person's idea that would make it better. You couldn't offer any critique. You couldn't offer any criticism. All that stuff that, that immediately jumps to mind, that'd be too expensive. How could you possibly do that? There aren't any dinosaurs. Well, you can't get that into outer space. How would we film that? You weren't allowed to bring any of those qualifiers. You know, as this article said, some people are going to say that it can never happen, whatever. That's classic human nature, no matter what. So the fact that everybody had to come with an idea, everybody had to share it, and everybody had to throw their creative two cents into the pot to make everybody else's idea better. Do you know what that does? That's what creates a safe place to take a creative risk, uh, step out from your comfort zone when you may not have the confidence to do so. You, you can't have people sitting back judging you, laughing at you, mocking you, whatever. You can't have people who are, who are uh, just going to critique and judge. You can't have people who are in silence from their own insecurity and lack of confidence just going to sit there silently kind of, you know, not participating. You want to create a safe place, whether that's in your business, your house, your, your uh, school, your classroom, whatever, you have to have those moments where everybody has to take a creative risk. And when they do, the confidence thing is less important. You've created a space where this is required. It could be simple. You can, it could be really simple. It's just like, uh, you know, your simplest idea ever. Maybe we've seen it a thousand times, but for, for the person, that might be all they can do. Like sometimes when I'm doing creative uh, writing and slam poetry workshops and, and teaching in schools, I might have, um, you know, I call them word banks for, for students to draw on, you know, depending on what kind of imagery you might like. And I'd be like, you know, some days your words feel like, you know, a slap to the face uh, that leaves, you know, me stinging, my ears ringing, whatever. I might write that Here's an example of how we might write some days your words feel like. 
Well, for some students, one of my very first uh, exercises, usually day one, is I'll ask everybody to write one line of like your words feel like and, and the, think of the words that have hurt you, that have torn you down, made you feel like crap. How would you describe that? And then say, but some days your words feel like, and it's like, what are, how would you describe people that have used words to build you up, to inspire you and encourage you? Uh, we, we only take like four or five minutes. I get them to write two lines as long as they want or as short as they want. I don't care. And then they pass them in anonymously. And I collect them all. And I say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through these quickly. And we're going to make one class slam poem. And there's a reason I'm going to do this. I want to give the, the anonymity is a safe place for them to take a risk. If they've never written, if they don't think they can do it, whatever, nobody knows. I've given them in their handout things, and some students will do this. They will literally just write out one of my examples, and they'll hand that in. But for them, that was huge. They chose one. They chose one of those ideas, and they copied it out. And I will read it out as if they, they came up. I'll be like, yeah, it's a really good way of putting it. Even though they was my words, I want every student in that class to hear their line out loud in the room. Of course, I don't know who's who, so I'm going really fast, and I'm not just copying all the lines out. I'm just taking you know, four or five lines of words that hurt. I'm going to take four or five lines of words that felt good. I'm going to string them all together. The process is that I want them to hear their words so that they can hear, you know what? My idea was just as good as anybody else's. Maybe they secretly think, you know what? My idea was better than like half the class. Maybe they're to the point where they're just like, I could totally do this. I could do this slam poetry thing. And so then the next day when we said, okay, when I come in and I'm like, okay, today we're not writing a, a group slam. Today, you're going to start writing your own. Same, maybe writing objective, but this is what we're going to do. And it's that, it's that place where we need to hear our ideas out loud in a place where other people are sharing their ideas because that gives us this shared common space where we're all feeling insecure. We're all feeling this lack of confidence, um, but we know it's a safe place. And if it isn't, if, if Billy's sitting over here and he's a bully and he's going to like make life a living hell um, for the rest of us, if we take a creative risk and he thinks it's stupid because he's insecure himself, uh, Billy's not allowed to stay in the room Unless Billy reads his line too, you know, and that now that's pushing Billy's buttons because he's freaked out because he doesn't know if he's good at it either. And that lack of confidence becomes our shared uh, foundation for taking those first initial little steps outside of our comfort zone so that we can experience that place where the magic happens and we realize we can do it. So I think this Forbes article, whatever, mostly I disagree. Um, it's not about digging deep and trying to tell yourself I could do it and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. Like this, that's not even helpful. That's not even helpful. Um, anyways, let's continue to be creative as a, <laughs> as a community. 
You know, let's get our mindset wrapped around being creative and creating that and making that our lifestyle because that is going to produce an energy that's going to empower uh, our resiliency and the confidence that we all need to face the changes, uh, the challenges that life throws at us and in the process create momentum so that we can tackle those things day after day. So I hope you're inspired. I hope you're able to relate. I hope you hated the Forbes article as much as me. Uh, or, But if you loved it, feel free to leave a comment or ask a question. And remember, you're capable of infinitely more than you give yourself credit for. Until next time.